Bad Adelaide are the team. Well, they look the fittest. And they look the fittest, and they nearly nearly run the best team in the competition to to wins, Um, but unfortunately just missed out on the weekend, and obviously back in Adelaide the same situation happened. But he made his legend um, at Port Adelaide, then he went overseas, and then he went to the D's and won us a premiership, and (laughs) oh, wow, didn't they look like the fittest team out there? And that's Darren Burgess, and he joins us. G'day, Darren. G'day, Jack. How are you? Thanks for the uh, thanks for the lovely intro, uh, mate. You were—I mean—you could tell the difference uh, that you were at the Melbourne Football Club when you arrived, and the players just could not have looked fitter throughout that 21 season. Um, so, and that's all down to of clearly your work. Well, I think um, yeah, the, the, I guess the interesting thing before I before I joined the D's was uh, I, I'd sort of spoken to a few people because I was coming back from the UK and had had a few opportunities and and um yeah I, I spoke to a couple of people involved in statistics in afl about you know different lists and um you know who was ready to go and who wasn't and um w- one of my best mates and, and the main factor why i chose the d's was one of my best mates uh greg stafford uh worked there and still does and and um yeah, but the interesting backdrop is that the, a couple of statisticians that I spoke to said, no, the, the D's list is ready. So as much as you might say, you know, whatever about their fitness and health, um, they certainly, uh, their, their list management had, had picked well and, and, you know, they were ready to go. It had a bit of a down year the year before I got there, but um, it was, it was uh, thoroughly enjoyable uh, going on that ride with you and them. Darren, it's Ross here. Thanks uh, for joining us. Um, I'm sort of interested to too. I, I love the fitness side of things, but I'm also the mind side. We had Cooter on once, and he said in '95 they brought in the sports psychologist, and we know what a specimen Cooter was. Um, when do when do you sort of see the balance where you've got someone to their physical peak, and you think there could be some improvement? Can you see that mentally as well? Yeah, it's a good question, Was. I think the impact that the mind has on the body has only, we're only just scratching the surface. Um, I'm sure sports psychologists, are, if there's any listening, would be frustrated with that because they've probably been saying it for a while. Um, but I think in the performance world, we're just sort of seeing um, the the impact that you can have both uh, when you combine both mental and physical. And that's n- not necessarily through psychology, but I guess... Um, training sort of mental resilience and and belief and um yeah particularly when players are going through hard times such as injury and relationship breakdowns and things like that i think that's when you can have a real impact so uh, kuda was probably ahead of his time uh, i'm sure he was uh, but certainly there's a massive impact uh, on the body uh, from the mind well with that i mean one of the famous ones was stephen may who of course hurt his hamstring in the prelim final of 2021 um there was injury cloud all the, the, the two weeks. The build-up um, was all about what was he going to play. In the finish, he did. Uh, and then straight after the game, we find out that it could have been a four- to six-week injury. Is, is that similar to what you're talking about there with the mind over matter? Uh, it is to a point. Um, I, I guess I've been heavily influenced by a gentleman by the name of Laura Mosley, who uh, is probably the world-renowned... Um, researcher in pain science and i've worked been lucky enough to work with him really closely on a few different players and and so i lean heavily on him and during that time we felt that um obviously said may as you you know jack being a fan was one of our most important players and um 
we felt that we'd give him every opportunity to, to play. So we sort of set that up from the moment that he he got injured in the prelim um, to say, right, um, if he's any chance of playing in the grand final, we need to switch his mind from I'm no chance, I've done a hammy to um, I can play, this has happened before. Um, you know, this is uh, a small muscle, an important muscle, but a, a small muscle that, that if we do everything right, um, you know, we can almost hide in, in a grand final. And, and uh, so that was a two-week process from the whole department, both from, you know, the coach to the doctor, physio, and, and it literally started within two minutes of him uh, uh, doing his hammy in the prelim. Um, but importantly, he, pa- he did all the work and passed all the objective markers, but there was a fair bit going on behind the scenes um, yeah. from the mental component. Absolutely, and just on your own, you said you, you you looked at stats to go to Melbourne, and you've obviously crossed over to Adelaide. Just for our listeners, what are your most sort of basic KPIs, I suppose, to see what level of fitness people are at? How do you? Oh, I, look, the list management uh, stuff was the, the stuff that I looked at with it with the D's, and and it, it was yeah, I don't want to. Um, sort of put across the feeling that there was some sort of magic formula that wasn't at all. Um, as I said, the number one reason was staff and, and then uh, the list being ready to go from a list profile and the players that um, are impacting the team in the Ds back in 2019, 20, when, when I went there, were still very young, whereas, you know, some other teams, the players that are having the most influence on the team are quite old, so um, their list profile looks a little bit different. Um, with the Crows, uh, the physical stats that, that we look at, which is similar to, to probably most clubs, are all around um, not just strength and endurance, so gone are the days where you're doing sort of 10K time trials or even 3K time trials. Um, we're sort of looking at your ability to repeat um, explosive efforts because as you guys know as, as fans they're the things that dictate what goes on in the game so we look at that both on the field and also uh, in the gym and and interchange uh, rotations too um, play, play a role or what they seem to have had that's why they've been reduced because there was I guess uh, too much sort of rest going on um, how 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 do you sort of balance that in your in your sort of looking forward? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question and, and really um, important part of the game. And um, there are a number of ways you can do it. And some clubs do set rotation, so they might have um, a midfielder, uh, four players to go through the midfielder, and every player rotates for seven minutes. And um, yeah, they they know at approximately seven minute mark they come off, and that might be the same with you know, seven forwards and seven backs and um, I tend to go on a little bit of art and a little bit of science and look at how the game's going. Um, we've got a, a, a sports scientist next to me by the name of Amber Rowell who has all the GPS so we know when players are flagging for, um, you know, for any of the metrics that we look at, any of the running metrics that we look at and so if players are really flagging that might um influence uh, interchange but um, I only get that information or only ask for that information a quarter time and half time and three quarter time um, most of the time the rotations are, are based on um, who's been on the ground longest who we know through pre-season and testing can last for certain amounts of time 
you might have an explosive player, so using um, uh, the, the Crows player, someone like a Luke Peddler, um, who's really explosive, dynamic player. They tend to have a few more rotations than a Rory Sloan or a Jordan Dawson, who are, um, uh, you know, have a, a bit more of an endurance base. So, um, yeah, you basically look at all your preseason testing and your preseason information. You know your players. You know when they like to come on and off. Uh, I'm sure it's a bit frustrating sometimes for fans when they see someone kick a goal and come off. Well, um, fascinating. That, That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that can be um, a set rotation. That player can be absolutely exhausted. But I can assure you, on, on the weekend just gone against Colin, for instance, we had a few names up to be rotated and then they, they kicked a goal or two and, and we quickly took the names down and looked for other people because um, we want to keep some momentum going if we can. Yeah, yeah so we're running out of time, Darren, unfortunately, because I could speak to you for hours. Oh. Um, just just last one, um, I saw Simon Goodwin in the Adelaide Rooms. Surely you're not bringing him across as well. <laughs> no. No, he was there. We had a father-son uh, occasion. His son, Eddie, is uh, pretty talented and, and he's... You know, obviously, a son of a great gross <laughs> player, so that's why Goody was there. It was oh, great yeah. to see him. Woo! Okay, <laughs> you leave him at Melbourne. Um, <laughs> hey, mate, we've got to leave it there, buddy. Uh, we'll have to get part two, um, hopefully yes. next week or the week after or sometime soon um, because I'm, I'm fascinated with what you do. Thanks very much for having me. No problem at all. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Darren, Darren Burgess there.